One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. It's a truth or fiction Tuesday here on the show featuring talk of Nuremberg, Anthony Fauci, economic collapse, impeachment, and Donald Trump. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. This is Critical Thinking. Good truth or fiction Tuesday to you, Mr. Pat Oni. How are you today? Oh, it's Tuesday. Gee, thanks for that. It's morning. This is the this is the deep, insightful insight <laughs> that he gets paid the big bucks for, folks. Oh yeah, yeah, it's I get Tuesday. paid the big bucks. Big bucks, period. Yeah. Cheapers, uh-huh. creepers. All right, so it is a truth or fiction Tuesday. You can follow me. On all your socials at The Coppin Show, he is at The Pat Oni Show. Of course, do not forget, you can find us on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, and of course, download, rate, review. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast if you are a podcast person. Um, I'm a little bit of both. Like, I, There are certain shows that I love the visual and certain shows where I can do without it. And... Um, the power of rumble yesterday, Pat. I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, Stephen Crowder's show "Louder with Crowder" um, yep. re-debuted and uh, exclusively on Rumble. But there's also a YouTube stream of it. But a hundred and sixty thousand people in this country at ten Eastern, nine Central time tuned in. A hundred and sixty plus thousand people. For a live stream event is unbelievable numbers, especially for a you know conservative show that hasn't been really on the air for three months at this point. Yeah. So congratulations to Steven. Um, and if you do not know Rumble, check it out. It is a really great platform. I I enjoy being part of the Rumble team there. Uh, Rumble.com backslash critical thinking is the exclusive home to this show in the video format. Um, all right. So that notwithstanding, Pat, it is a truth or fiction Tuesday. You know the drill by now if you are not new to this program. But if you are new, it is very simple. Pat and I both have two truth or fiction statements. 
we make those statements, and then we discuss. Pretty dang simple. But before we get there, Pat, uh, was there any breaking news this morning as we woke up? And Yeah, there kind of was. Uh, you, you see, um, that, that country, Russia, you know, where uh, Vladimir Putin is uh, the supreme leader, apparently. They sort of um, claim to uh, discovered two inter- uh, or intercepted two U.S. bombers over the Baltic Sea. That's what they're claiming. Um, is that, is that bad? a problem? Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that that that's a mighty big problem because what have we said all along, Pat, as a nation? As a government, that we're not sending that, that we're not sending troops, and that mm-hmm. we're not going to be directly involved with it. Correct. We are not. We are not doing anything other than providing money and weapons. Right. Right. Well, we're not certain. there to provide training. We're not there to provide um, air defense. We are not there to get directly involved in this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. What are our bomber planes doing there? Other it's than the only thing I can think of is that Russia, this is the reprisal, if you will, for Russia shooting down one of our drones or <clears throat> getting into an accident with one of our drones. Accident, just to be clear. And by <clears throat> accident in air quotes uh we mean purposefully dumping fuel on it trying to light it on fire and then just driving a uh plane right into it yeah that that's what we mean by accident yeah. so mm-hmm. the exact opposite yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. um but what are we doing reprising and trying to get vengeance for that if we are unwilling to go to war. Yeah, a drone is not worth it, first of all. And second of all, do we really want to go to war with these guys right now? Is, is, that, where we're, is that the road we're really headed down? Uh, it, this is for our sake. We better hope Russia's lying about this because this is bad. This is very bad. Yeah, it says here that Russia said one of its fighter jets intercepted two U.S. B-52 bombers over the Baltic Sea on Monday, a potential provocation that comes just days after Russian planes forced a U.S. drone into the Black Sea. A Russian Su-35 was scrambled towards the planes, which were headed toward Russia, but returned to its base when the B-52s turned away, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. So... Look, I'm not saying you can trust the Russian defense ministry, but what I put it past this government and this Department of Defense to try to do this? No. No, no. I mm-mm. No. No. Um that's that's a problem. This is a problem because every step we take, every move we make, Russia is watching you. <clears throat> You're welcome for that reference, Pat. Wow. But no, seriously, sure they're watching. And I'm, I'm pretty we're sure watching. that's Putin's theme song, by the way. Hmm? I'm pretty sure that's Putin's theme song, by the way. He listens hmm. to that every night before he goes to bed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just, I, I, what are we doing? <laughs> like, we have the dumbest foreign policy president, I believe, of all time. At least in the twentieth, twentieth, and twenty-first centuries. I mean, maybe the only other argument you can make is for JFK to be one of the dumbest Bay of yeah. Pigs. Bay of Pigs, yeah. Yep. So when I look at this, I, I what are we, why? What, what purpose does this serve us other than to further provoke us towards war? And furthermore, Pat, I... I Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, our president hasn't asked for asked for an authorization of war, right? Correct. From Congress and the Senate? That is correct. Okay. Um, we also don't have just a blanket go to war. It, it, no, this is with the consent of the governed, a.k.a. the consent of Congress, who have our proxy, if you will, right? What what the hell are we doing other than provoking potentially further war? This is dumb. This is stupid. This is idiotic on all levels. What, why are we flying anywhere near Russian airspace? Why? When we know that they're going to use anything as a potential provocation towards further war. Why? I don't understand the move here militaristically. Um, I don't understand it politically. I don't understand it geopolitically. I don't understand it economically. None of it makes any sense. I I just wow. This this government ceases to amaze me. Oh wait, it amazes me all the time with its stupidity. All right, that having been said, Pat, it is truth or fiction time. Do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? Uh, I'm going to let you choose. Okay, in that case, um, you get to go first. Okay. Your first truth or fiction, Pat. All righty, truth or fiction. People are done with the COVID BS, Fauci, and are ready for Nuremberg tribunals. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to go with fiction on this. Um, I know we saw a videotape, right, that, that came out with uh, Muriel Bowser, the, uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., and Anthony Fauci going around to the hood of Washington, D.C., but that was from 2021, Pat. So it is now 2023. Mm-hmm. Did anything did did Muriel Bowser or Anthony Fauci change anything with with their perspective of listening to and or meeting with people in the hood of Washington D.C. in of 2021? No. Did anybody's opinion change at any point in time? I think some people have changed. I think there are people who are less afraid. Absolutely, but we don't have the apparatus. We don't have the wherewithal. We don't have the chutzpah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but 34 states are controlled by Republican governors. And of those 34, I think it's 29 or 31 
of those mm-hmm. states also have Republican legislatures and Senates, like full on Republican control. Uh, that That's about right. Yeah. Somewhere in that region. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how many of them are doing anything? How many of them stopped the insanity? How many of them um, went down the road of COVID BS all the way up until roughly this time last year or into summer of last year? Several of them. Almost all of them. Mm -hmm. Now, I will give Christy Nome her credit here. She kept her state wide open the entire time. I will give credit to the governor of Iowa for uh, Kim Reynolds for what she did when it came to COVID. She was very measured in any sort of mitigation, if you will, Mm -hmm. and was one of the first to allow return to schools. Mm -hmm. I will give credit to Brian Kemp for basically keeping that state open as much as he possibly could. I will give credit to Ron DeSantis. And that's about it. Yep. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but only one state is having the cojones, chutzpah, whatever, whatever, you know, term you want to use to go after and prosecute what took place. The lies. What we see in this video from Anthony Fauci, right? Mm. What was just outright lies. Yeah, sure, 600,000 people over the course of a novel virus is is going to happen. That that's the reality. That's the statistical reality. Whether you want to understand that or believe that or you know, you don't look at it from that perspective, you don't look at it from a statistical perspective, you look at it from a from an emotional perspective. I can't help you there. Because the reality is if you go down the road of emotionalism during a pandemic, I can't help you. I, I just can't. You're stuck in subjective reality land at that point. You are stuck in, well, I know somebody who, yeah, guess what? Almost all of us know somebody who died from COVID-19. Almost all of us do. In a roundabout way or directly or indirectly. And emotionally, it hurts, right? Emotionally, it sucks. There's a difference between being able to have empathy and your emotions of the situation, but also understanding the broader reality of the situation at hand. Your kids were safe. Your kids were fine all along. And you were lied to. You were fear-mongered. Your states shut businesses down, the things that took place in the name of quote-unquote safety and fear is the reality, safety is what they told us, was criminal. There are people who lost their lives and livelihoods. They first lost their livelihoods, first lost their businesses, first lost their economic power, and then lost their emotional will to live. So the state killed them. 
but how do you, how how can you put their individual decision on the state? Would many of these people been in that situation had the state not done what they did? Highly doubtful, right? Highly doubtful they would have been in that same frame of mind and same desperate state. So I look at this and I see one place, Florida, in which they are willing to dig in and do the work. We don't see Congress necessarily doing this work, at least out in the open, do we? No. We should be, right? These things should be out in the open in front of all of us. Are we getting any sort of retribution? No. Anthony Fauci lives a cushy, cushy life to this very day. Still going on CNN and MSNBC and wherever else he can put his face on on television as if he is the almighty, right? The truth, the science, right? Despite, there's, let's put it this way. There is a difference between hypotheses, theories, and fact. And Anthony Fauci presented hypotheses as fact. As if that was his his hypothesis over numerous parts of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? As utter fact. Not one of which was proven to actually be true. Never mind the whole remdesivir thing. Never mind the Paxlovid bullcrap that he has hoisted upon America. But more importantly, Pat, do you see anybody talking about it, wanting that accountability, demanding it, um, other than those of us who have been down this road for the past three years? No, you don't. The Steve Daces, the Andrew Coppins, the Pat Onies, the Todd Erzins, the... Alex Berenson's to a, to a degree. The, you know, Dr. Malone, right? Scott Atlas's of the world. The Daniel Horowitz's. It's not about us being the few. It's about the fact that those who have the power won't listen to the few. So until something changes, I don't see the, yeah, I agree. They're done with the COVID BS. They've been done with the COVID BS by by and large for over a year at this point. Until you go to a city like Chicago or a city like New York, when you see people still, you know, walking down the street in masks and over what? It's spring. What the hell are you talking about? What say you, Pat? I I also went with fiction with this. Um, and not to say that, that there aren't maybe some aspects that are true, not to say that there aren't small pockets of people that, that are ready for this around the country, because there are, it's not enough yet. It's not enough. It's not enough. And it, I'm not saying it we can't be a minority. I'm just saying we, we, we don't have enough 
to shake the bounds of power to to get those that are, that are in power to actually follow this because remember culture is always uh or government's always downwind of culture our culture is not demanding of this enough yet to be able to even have a a good sized minority to make this happen yeah until mike lee rand paul and a few others in the senate are not the few others but the Mitch McConnells and Mitt Romneys right. are the few others, meaning they're on the minority side of this, right? Because it's very clear Mitch McConnell wants nothing to do with investigations and accountability. It's also pretty clear that, well, I mean, Kevin McCarthy has at least paid some lip service to this as the Speaker of the House on the um, on the congressional side of things. But... It's moving far too slow. Yeah. And the fear that I have is it's not just that it's moving slow. It is that as we as the culture begin to lessen our fear and move away from the fear mongering and moving towards quote unquote normalcy, whatever the hell that means. Right. um, As we do that, we're we're willing to forget. Let alone forgive. Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people at this point are still on the stage of I I can forget all of this if we can just go back to normal. And and that's the absolute wrong mm. attitude. I agree. I can forgive. Right? Mm. I can understand. I can empathize with the position that was taken. However, however, What I cannot excuse is the absolute reality of their lies, Mm -hmm. their obfuscations, their inability to look at all of the information in front of them, the blinders that existed. Am I, here's a great example of this, Pat. Am I open to the argument that ivermectin is not the end all be all cure all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I am. But do I also know that human, not horse version of ivermectin, the human version, right? Because we, we had that scare three weeks ago. Some dude took the horse version of ivermectin for weeks upon weeks. And yeah, guess what? You're going to kill yourself with that because yeah. it's dosed out for something way bigger than you are as a human. But. That notwithstanding, um, I'm open to understanding what that effect could be. Anecdotally, I and personally know that it worked for me. It helped me. I went from sick to not sick in less than 18 hours. Once, once that began to kick into the system, once I took the math method, right, <clears throat> and, and began to, you know, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, the zinc, the ivermectin, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I became pretty healthy. The only thing I had left was a cough. But that doesn't mean that it works for everybody. That doesn't mean it's a broad-spectrum cure-all. But how many people on the other side are willing to listen to uh, not remdesivir, uh, not ventilating everybody for God's sake? 
That that for me is the criminal part of this, is the medical protocol, mm -hmm. as we discovered in chapters five and six. And that's the account that we need. That's the those are the people, I should say, that we need to hold to account. All right. With that being said, let's move forward to my first truth or fiction of the day. <clears throat> and this is a Donald Trump special, truth or fiction, Pat. If Trump is indicted, the GOP should impeach Biden over the Chinese Communist Party links and do so immediately. Truth or fiction? I'm going to say fiction just because they should do that anyway, regardless of what happens to Trump. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I, I, I'm going with truth, and here's why. We, we talked a little bit the other day about mutually assured destruction, right? Right. This is mutually assured destruction. Oh, so you want sure. politically motivated charges to be stuck against a presidential candidate who has already physically declared their candidacy for the president of the United States of America. Oh. Um, well, we have the bank statements that indicate payment directly to Joe Biden from the Chinese Communist Party, which is illegal on a multitude of levels and highly treasonous. I was going to say that's treason. Yeah. It, yeah. it is treason from this perspective. This was money due to Joe Biden during his vice presidential term, just <clears throat> deferred and magically sent to him six months after he left office. Just, just coincidentally. And how do we know it? Because this is the information that has been given to us with the proof behind it. And by the way, this is this is proof that has existed from, I don't know, about 2020 when Tony Bobulinski went on television and gave you the proof. Now it's verified proof. By the way, he's still not on CNN. Yeah. yeah. By the way, he's still not searchable. Well, he is searchable. Just zero results come up right. mm -hmm. on CNN. Um. So I think this is exactly the right route because this either gets us to we're blowing the crap out of the system or we're cooling it off. And I'm okay either way, by the way. I really am. Because I think if we blow the system up, we have a chance at that revival of liberty. We also have a chance of it going completely wrong. Don't get me wrong. But if we cool it down, we also get what? A return to a little more constitutional sanity in this country. And we're at least going down the road of we're not going to prosecute our political opponents because of politics. Look, I am all for prosecution of Donald Trump if he broke the law, right? I am all for it. Sure. Just the same way I am with Joe Biden, by the way. Now, Biden cannot be, quote unquote, criminally prosecuted right now but you can impeach and convict on the other side of things so as i take a look at this this is the right move this would be the right move and again we are recording you know early in the morning on tuesday as of right now donald trump has not been perp walk you know we have no charges 
We have nothing that has been alleged to have happened or going to happen happen yet. Now, it is early, but we'll see what happens. I, I just... I think this is the right this would be the right move, but do I trust the GOP to make the smart political move? No. No, no I don't. No. They're equally as stupid as Joe Biden and his administration. So I, I just Yeah, I, I don't know what to do here other than this would be the right move. If Donald Trump is indicted, we're gonna you wanna play that game? Let's play. Because guess what? We're we have the keeps, right? We don't have the flimsy case. We got the nuts. We've got that, you know, huh. We got the pocket aces, right? We're sitting there playing a game of poker and we've got the pocket aces. I'm I'm going all in. Yeah. What mm -hmm. you got? Seven two off suit? Good luck with that. So uh, that's where I come down on that. Um, any any other thoughts when it comes to this idea of immediate impeachment? I mean, I, I get what you're saying with mutually assured destruction, and I, I, I totally agree with that analysis. However, if you want to do the right thing, the right thing is to do this anyway, because this is the right thing to do. We have a sitting president that, from what, what we see from this evidence, has committed treason. That's an impeachable offense. Do it. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Don't don't do it because of the the guy that you supposedly support may or may not be indicted. Um, that's the only thing I would say here. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Let's play a little bit of the B or not the B to give us a break from talking about truth or fiction. How does that sound to you, Pat? I think you need to hit me with that headline. Okay, so today's headline, Breakthrough, Xi announces deal in which Russia stays in Ukraine and China invades Taiwan. Again, the headline, Breakthrough, Xi announces deal in which Russia stays in Ukraine and China invades Taiwan. While you are thinking about whether this is the Babylon Bee or not the Bee, folks, do not forget, in Hard economic times, in banking crisis times, one of the best things that you can do is own assets of actual value. One great place to look, gold and silver, right? Another great place would be real estate. Real estate is an asset that will always hold value as long as you are able to hold private real estate as an asset, right? Well, who knows when that that's gonna that game is gonna come. But until that point in time, you have an ability to start yourself or at least insulate yourself from hard times. So if you are considering looking at real estate wherever you are, please hit me up. Go ahead and DM me on social media wherever I am a licensed realtor here in the state of Illinois. But even if you are not in Chicago or Illinois more broadly, if you are in California, if you are in South Carolina, if you are in Alabama or Utah and you are in need of a realtor and you don't know who to trust, you don't want to just use that that cousins, brothers, sister, you know, situation. Um, 
It's very simple. Hit me up. I know people all over this country. And more importantly, even if I don't know them, I know how to interview them to make sure that they fit correctly with your needs. So hit me up at The Coppin Show. You can go to closewithcoppins.com and just get a hold of me. Let me know, and I would be happy to refer you to the right agent. And it, trust me, the right agent for you makes all the difference in the world. Whether this is your first home purchase or your last home purchase, it doesn't matter. You need the right person to meet your goals, your needs, and I can help you do that. All right. With that being said, Pat, do you need the headline one more time? One more time, because this is a hard one. Breakthrough. Xi announces deal in which Russia stays in Ukraine and China invades Taiwan. Is this the B or not the B? I'm going with the Babylon B, and, and I have no idea if I'm right on this or not. I'm going with the Babylon B because I have not heard this in the actual news or you're seeing anything like it on, on, on my social media channels. Well, you oh, are God. correct, my friend. You are correct. This is Damn, the Babylon seriously? B. Yep. Yep, this is the I- Babylon B. I'm kind of impressed. Like I, I honestly thought that could be not like this. Really, could be not to be that. That sounds real. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you win one hundred dollars of central bank digital currency, Pat. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I win a hundred dollars of Dominic Izzo's totally. That's the legit same MLM money, right? But you don't know that he's paying us in central bank digital currency now. No, you've never discussed that with me. Uh, no, I didn't. He just told me that. That's what he was going to pay me in. Um, right. Anywho, as the Babylon Bee article says, the world breathed a sigh of relief today as Chinese President Xi Jinping announced a historic peace agreement in the Russian-Ukrainian war in which Russia will stay in Ukraine permanently and China will also invade Taiwan. Quote, this is a great achievement for peace, unquote, Xi said, uh, Xi said in a statement after the deal was completed. Quote, everything in the world can now return to normal, except Russia will now have full control of Ukraine, and we will aggressively invade Taiwan and dominate the people of that region. A wonderful peace agreement for everyone, unquote. Xi arrived in Moscow to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin with the goal of negotiating a ceasefire in the ongoing Russian conflict with Ukraine. After several hours, both parties were happy to agree on the pact that would see both Russia and China get exactly what they wanted. Quote, there's no tr- there's truly no downside to this deal, Putin said. These were difficult negotiations, but we, we reluctantly agreed to take complete control of Ukraine. Questions were immediately raised about the agreement from other nations, namely Ukraine and Taiwan. We're not even involved in the Russia-Ukraine war, said a spokesperson for the Chinese, uh, Taiwanese government. How did we end up being part of this deal? At least we can count on the United States to come to our aid. Yes? Yes? Anyone? Hello? At publishing time, Putin was reportedly scheduling an additional peace summit with Xi, where he was believed to be planning an entirely peaceful military invasion of the nations of Moldova, while China would conquer the United States. (laughs) Lord almighty. Oh, I... Honestly... 
tell me, tell me those aren't real conversations between G and Putin. <laughs> I know, right? Can you not so, see them, that happening? I'm sure it's already happened, at least in conversation. Good God. All right. Now, with that out of the way, why don't we get back into our wonderful truth or fiction, Pat? Um, I'm going to go second. I'm going to okay. go first, second. My second truth or fiction is we will see an economic crisis worse than the Great Depression in the next year. Truth or fiction, Pat? Tough one for you? A little bit, yeah. Um, I'm get, right now. I'm gonna go with fiction. Okay. Though I could easily see this being truth. Okay. I'm, I'm going with fiction because I I think. You, you would need some kind of, of crash, like big crash, for this to happen. Yep. And make the argument that that, that could happen with the banks. Like, like that, that seems to be the thing that, that where, where the trend is going, I think, for, for a lot of this and where a lot of this, this, these ideas are coming from. But the question is, what is the response going to be? from the federal government um and and does it and i i think it only really prevent or not doesn't prevent a crash it just delays it so the question is is how long is that going to delay that 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 crash so it's for me it's not a matter of if this will happen it's a matter of when and that's why i'm saying fiction i don't know if it'll be in the next year but i do think it could be the next five years okay um so i'm gonna go um with truth i thought about fiction on this one i really mm -hmm. did but i'm gonna go truth here and and it, it is a three-pronged truth um <clears throat> there's instability in the housing market right yeah and that instability is um how do i put this that instability is almost the exact opposite of 2007 and eight, but equally as bad. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. 2007 and 2008, that economic crisis came because of bad mortgages, right? It came right. because people were in over their heads in homes that they could not necessarily afford. Okay. Right. But more importantly, we had a building boom, right? And we had a overabundance of supply. Like, to the point of as we got all those foreclosures and pre foreclosures and short sales and all of those things going on, we also had a ton of new houses on the market right now. What do we right. know about the housing market? We know three things. Number one, interest rates are high, keeping people who bought homes within the last five years inside their homes, because why would you, unless you absolutely have to either you're moving for family reasons or job reasons or whatever have you, right? Unless right. there's an absolute necessity to make that move, most people are not. They're playing the waiting game. Um, <clears throat> so that's part one. That is exactly the opposite of what was going on in 2007 and eight. Number two, we know we have what? 
6 million new home starts short of where we need to be to help the market stay healthy. That you can't snap your fingers and build homes fast enough. You just can't. Right. Um, and then the third and final part of this is that we have a lack of supply to the point of like three months ago, we, we saw the least amount of supply here in the city of Chicago we have seen in the last 10 years. That's a problem. That's a massive, massive problem when it comes to w turning over enough of the supply. So that's a problem, right? So we have the housing issue. Secondly, we have that banking issue. And the banking issue is because banks have leveraged cash incorrectly. Okay? Right. Um, we're watching people deposit money, stick it there, and then their, their long-term bets become short-term issues because of interest rate issues. Okay. And there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that I don't need to get into here. But all you need to know is that it is what they are leveraged in that is the problem. Again, it is not bad mortgages. That's not the case at all. We're, we're not seeing enough of that. We're not seeing enough foreclosure growth to spike the issue. What we are seeing is that they were leveraged in bad bets on treasuries, on money, and they can't get the money back out. They are illiquid. OK, at this point in time, because they went from having to pay small amounts of interest to lots of interest on money being borrowed on money that they are you they are sunk into the Treasury notes and, and all these other things. That's point two. We have a banking issue. So we have the housing issue. We have a banking issue. And third and most importantly, Pat, we have a Treasury issue. And a Fed issue. We have a monetary issue, period, point blank. And this monetary issue is actually a three-part issue. So the first part of this is that we have roughly put about $3 trillion of dollars into our economy that have not sucked their way back out of the economy. We have overpumped our economy with money. We are That's the inflationary issue. This is... A, you want to talk about the inflation. It is wholly caused by the policies of the Federal Reserve, the United States Treasury, and this government. We have a spending issue when it comes to Washington, D.C., and it's only been exacerbated by the Fed deciding to print money hand over fist to supply those uh, budgetary needs, right? That's point one. The second part of the monetary issue is that Yes, we necessarily needed to raise rates the early parts of last year to help with inflationary pressure, correct? Again, why? Because of part one of this issue, because we were inflating the amount of dollars in the economy. So on the one hand, you can't pump a crap ton of money without constricting how much of it is moving, right? Right. You So you need to kind of even the playing field out. But here's the problem. We raised rates not once, not twice, not three times, but at least five times last year, right? At some point in time, in order to help the economy stabilize itself, we should have been taking the, we should have been lowering the temperature. 
of the interest rate gains. We're at what? Almost 4% right now on the uh, Fed interest rate. That's a problem. Yeah. We are exacerbating the monetary problem that the Fed has created with terrible monetary policy. And then the third part of this, Pat, is that I have a very real fear, and it, this is not an unfounded fear, that our currency is going to be worthless sooner rather than later. And what do I mean by that? Well, we know that China has taken over as kind of the currency of trade for Russia, right? And it's trading of oil. Is that or is that not a problem for our US dollar? Yes, yes it is. We know that Saudi Arabia has done what in the past three weeks? Indicated they are willing to partner with Iran. Yes, that country that they are literal mortal enemies because of the differences in the the dominant majority uh, Muslim populations that exist in these countries, right? Right. Not to mention the nuclear arms, not to mention all of the other things. Oh, and by the way, Saudi Arabia has kind of turned its turned its back on on um, Israel at the same time, but. They have also indicated they are willing to lead OPEC out of trading in the petrodollar. And we have talked about this on this program in the past. That's really bad. The petrodollar is the fact that um, everything that OPEC trades, you must bring United States dollars, the actual U.S. dollar, to the table to make that trade. Okay. If we lose the security of the petrodollar, we have no leg to stand on as an internationally recognized, known, stable currency anymore. We also have 31, heading towards 32, if not $33 trillion of national debt that, by the way, our entire United States budget the non-discretionary spending version of it couldn't cover the interest on that. Even if you took away the housing, even if you took away the bank, our monetary issues alone would suggest that there are problems that could be exacerbated by other issues. Not to mention the fourth dimension, if you will, of this, which is all of the international issues. Credit Suisse, right? Being having having to be bought out by UBS because it was a failing bank. One of the most prestigious banks in the entire world completely fails. That's a problem because outside of the US dollar, the Swiss franc or the franc, excuse me, I should pronounce that correctly is one of the most stable and recognized currencies in the world. One dollar is a dollar eight. One Swiss franc is a dollar and eight cents. We know that banks in London are failing. We know that banks around the world are having issues. Who steps in to buttress that vacuum? China. They have a digital currency, Pat. They also have a social currency, right? 
mm. backed by that digital currency. Because guess what? You don't own your money that's in the bank anymore in China. They haven't for two, two plus years. The Chinese Communist Party stole all of your money and then replaced it with a digital currency in which, oh, by the way, you don't get to spend it unless it's a government approved spending. We're talking in every state in the union, every state, whether you live in Idaho or Florida, whether you live in Illinois or Iowa, or you live in Maine or California, your state has a version of a bill for centralized digital currency. The, this is why this is important. The only way out of this economic skid, Pat, is for us to take back control the petrodollar, to start building new houses like crazy in this country. That means taking people maybe out of the cities and putting them into more rural areas to help. We have to have not a centralized plan. We can have a decentralized plan of this, but we have to deal with the reality that we have a banking issue. And it's not regulation because we regulated the issue of mortgages, right? Where are we at today? All we were doing is playing whack-a-mole with people who don't understand how to actually work as a bank, as an industry. It is failing because it fails to do what? Make smart investments. We have problems that we can fix, but the answer is not, we, we have to realize them. We have to have leadership. We have to have people who are willing to take quick, decisive action to make sure that this is, this is not happening. A great example of this. Why the hell is Jan Janet Yellen still in charge of the United States Treasury? Why the hell are we not demanding Jerome Powell be fired immediately? Like as in yesterday, last week, last month, two months ago. We have an ability to effectuate the change that needs to happen to stave this off, but we're not going to. There's a tidal wave coming. And, that, and if you know anything about the Great Depression, the, the teetering of our economy actually was more tied to what was going on internationally than what was going on here. And this is the same issue in front of us, except for the international side of things is the inability of the U.S. dollar to be important anymore. And once that importance goes away, oh, by the way, your U.S. dollar, you want to talk about hyperinflation? You want to talk about stagnation? You want to talk about useless currency? You think China's going to accept the U.S. dollar for all of the things that we owe to them? let alone the international monetary funds, let alone all the other places, because by the way, China really only owns about 5 to 7% of our debt, but it's enough of our debt to tank us in a second. There is a very bleak picture, but there is a way forward out of that bleakness if they're willing to take it. We don't got that kind of government. We don't got these people who we don't have, to speak correct English, we don't have people of forethought. And if we do, they're the people that are on the back bench, not the front of the bench.
All right. With that being said, your final truth or fiction, Pat, is what? Truth or fiction. Biden declassifying the COVID-19 origins is the best, smartest thing he's done as president. That is a really, really good question here, Pat. Um, I'm going to go with this being truth. Um, And I'm going to go with this being truth because what does this do? Right? Him opening this up and finally declassifying these things and going down that route. What does that really do? What does that realistically do? I mean, one would hope that this actually gets us some answers. Well, what it does is it takes the conspiracy theory off the table. Right. Right. And he can now say, well, hey, I agreed and I was bipartisan in this and I have nothing to hide. And most importantly, he can also use it as a cudgel against Donald Trump. Uh, he could also use it as a cudgel against some of the other things that are going against him right now and take take attention away from those things. Oh, absolutely. This would be this is the smartest move. More importantly, because it's about transparency and mm-hmm. this this allows to take this allows him to take this off the table for 2024. Right. This, this right. isn't an issue by the time the general election cycle kind of kicks into high gear. So I think this is a really smart political move. But more importantly, the American people, I've said this a thousand times, we can handle the truth. Tell us the freaking truth. That's it. That's all we need. I look forward to covering this. I'm also going with truth as well. Um, you know, and, you know, write this down for all of those that are on the other side. We will give this president credit where, where it's due. Um, and we're, we're doing that right now. That's part of critical um, thinking, right? Like <laughs> this is, this is an actual good thing that he is doing. Um, the only thing he could have done better would, would have been to do this a long time ago. Correct. Um, so this is, this is absolutely true for me. It's the smartest thing that, that he's done, um, as president. Well, um, and I think it's also he, smart because he's not so. picking a fight with, People right. uh, veto-proof majorities, right? I mean, this is. I mean, I'm sure. That, I'm sure this is. All, this is a political move. I'm sure it is, but it's a damn smart one. But it's also the right thing. So, congratulations yeah, for I doing agree. the right thing here. Um, with that, Pat, though, your final thoughts on today's show? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no, and get prepared. Yes, one of our steps on reviving liberty. Be prepared. And with that, uh, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals today, and as always, Matthew 547.